This podcast is brought to you by the Baton Rouge Area Foundation, your community foundation, which is focused on one simple goal, to help philanthropists pursue their causes for bettering the lives of people in Louisiana. Welcome to the pod. I'm your host, Chris Meyer, and today we've invited Darlene Rowland, the executive director of BRETA, the Big River Economic and Agriculture Development Alliance, and recipient of this year's 2022 John W. Barton Sr. Rising Star Award of the Baton Rouge Area Foundation. Since serving as the executive director, Darlene's been able to land a three-year U.S. Department of Agriculture grant of over $500,000, which supports the connection between Baton Rouge farmers and the community through a program called Red Stick Refresh. She's also raised emergency funds to provide small emergency grants to local farmers and innovated around the local farmers market. To listen and learn more, stay tuned on this episode of the podcast. Darlene, welcome to the pod. Thank you. Good to be here. So talk to me first just about the history of Breda. You've been with the organization for 12 years, and I just learned that it stands for Big River <laughs> instead of Baton Rouge. Talk to me about that that history of how we've changed and how it's evolved over time. Well, Breda uh, celebrated our 25th anniversary, actually, last November, which was a huge milestone. And uh, the way we like to always stump people is ask them what the acronym Breda means, because everyone starts with Baton I Rouge. Failed. I totally failed. <laughs> And it actually did originally start off as Baton Rouge, and it's kind of an interesting story. Um, Breda was founded um, as the master's thesis program of one of Susan Turner's landscape architecture students. And so um, it was really looking at the connection between the urban and the rural and how to bring rural farmers in to connect with um, urban neighbors and give them a sustainable livelihood. But um, one of our board members, Virginia Nolan, um, many years ago, thought, well, you know what? Baton Rouge really doesn't signify everything that Breda does. You know, our work is really statewide. We're working with farmers that are all over the state of Louisiana. And so how can we sort of change the name to really reflect that? And so she came up with the idea to change it to Big River to signify the Mississippi River and our farmers all over the state. So it's kind of a neat story. But it always gets people when they say, you know, what is the VR? And they, they think it's Baton Rouge. But you can see why we usually just go by Breda because it's kind of a mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> well, it works. It works. Now, now, the statewide network, talk to us about uh, how the network works, how many farmers are involved in it. We have over 40 farmers, fishers, ranchers, and food artisans that come into the capital city every Saturday morning and um, – we have up to four weekly farmers market at the height of our season during the year in our spring summer season and in the fall um, when farmers can supply enough for extra markets. We have our two year round markets and that's what most people are familiar with is our Saturday downtown mm -hmm. eight to 12. And then we also have um, a Thursday market at Pennington Biomedical Research Center, and that's every Thursday. So those are our two mainstays. And then, again, as the seasons and the harvest come in, which is actually right now, we're just starting the summer harvest season, then we um, add those two additional markets. We have um, our Wednesday market in... North Baton Rouge, and that is at the ExxonMobil YMCA on Wednesdays from 9 to 12. And then we have a Tuesday market, which we've actually sort of reimagined recently. It used to be in the morning, 8 to 12. All of our markets were 8 to 12. 
So we really thought, what can we do to make a more accessible uh, market for all people? Because not everyone can come to a market from 8 to 12. So we now have a 3.30 to 6.30 afternoon market on Tuesdays at the main library at Goodwood. So you've got drive time covered regardless. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Now, now this network of, of uh, farmers and uh, fishers and all uh, the different sources across the state, what's kind of the average that these folks have been with Breda over time? Well, at our 25th anniversary, um, we opened the market, the ringing of the market bell, which is symbolic. Um, we had, I think, about six original people from 25 years ago that are still with us today. So that's pretty special that we still have that connection to the very beginning of the market. And um, and then we have people that were, you know, really adding all the time. You have changes where some people are retiring from farming some people um, are moving away some people we had a you know a farmer recently that they landed a huge contract with a distributor so they're able to sell all of their product through one distributor along the gulf coast that distributes to different restaurants um, so a variety of things happen in life um, but we're always looking to add new farmers and of course it is a huge um it's a huge issue for us that we need to continue that pipeline because the average age of a farmer in America is pushing 60. So you can imagine that um, we really need to inspire and encourage new people to take on that profession. And, and how has Breda made that a part of its core mission? Well, it's definitely something that's um, near and dear to my heart and uh, something I want to look to focus on in the future. We do have, um, you know, board members on our board from both the LSU and the Southern University Ag Centers. And that gives us a good connection to people who, you know, are interested in agriculture and it lets us keep a good pulse on that. There's, um, there's small farmers that we have at our, our market right now. In fact, I just left to talking to um, Allison Guidros with Fullness Farm. Her and her husband are young farmers. They have an urban farm right here in Baton Rouge, actually, which is pretty unique. Oh. And I was just having the same conversation with her. Allison, what can we do? How can we encourage more young people to get into farming? And I think a huge issue is land. Um, as we know, land prices, housing prices are just rising, rising, rising. And so um, there's some interesting models that I think we can look at. In fact, case in point, uh, Fullness Farms, they have an agreement where they're able to um, farm on some land um, through an agreement that is very, very low cost for them. And that allows them to, you know, cultivate the land, keep it in agriculture production and, and live out their dreams. So I, I think if, if we could find some innovative ways to connect landowners that perhaps are not using this land with young farmers who have the passion and the zest for agriculture and wanting to really grow food, um, not row crops, you know, but actual mm -hmm. specialty crops is what they're called in the industry, which is, you know, squash, zucchini, tomatoes, everything we actually eat at our table. Um, I think there could be an opportunity there to, to make those connections. How much land does one need to, to make it worthwhile? Not much. It's actually shocking. Um, again, you could grow on as little as an acre. They started, I think, on half an acre. And if you really do an intensive, where you're planting every week and harvesting every week and turning the land over, you can actually produce quite a bit. Um, I think they still only grow on maybe two or three acres total. So it really does not take much land to grow. Now, you've been very successful um, recently at landing a new three-year Department of Agriculture grant. Talk to us about this, the Red Stick Refresh. 
Yes, we were so excited. Um, as you know, in the nonprofit world, it's always wonderful when you can get multi-year funding. <laughs> <laughs> so number one, that's wonderful. But we're really excited, and it does a couple things. Um, this kind of ties into the to how we started off, and that's Breta. And one thing we've really looked at as an organization and our boards looked at is how do we tell our story more effectively as an organization? Because a lot of people know the Red Stick Farmers Market. Mm -hmm. A lot of people do not know who Breta is. And so one part of this grant was um, actually giving us some funding where we could fully implement a rebrand. And that's to have a new logo, a new website, and um, everything that comes with that. New tents, new signage, which, you know, marketing is really expensive. And so to be able to fund that through a grant was really, really a dream come true for us. So our new logo, which a board member, Hunter Torito with X Design, um, so graciously did for us pro bono, um, it connects the Breda with the Red Stick Farmer's Market. So now people see the two words and the images together so every yep. time. Exactly. I mean, it sounds pretty simple, but... <laughs> 25 years. That's yeah. right. So, um, you know, we're already seeing the benefits of that. Just today, I was at the Capitol, and, you know, we had our new logo up, and people will ask if they don't know, well, what is Breta? And so then that gives you that opportunity to tell the story. Well, we're really actually more than just a farmer's market. We have all these other programs. I mean, at the heart of what we do, everything is about helping a small farmer succeed, sustain, and have a livelihood and connecting people with fresh food. But we have a lot of ways we do that, and the farmer's market is just the most obvious and um, present one in our city. But we have a myriad of programs that, that accomplish our mission. Now, if you had your way, um, you could be sort of – make any wish happened in your space and thinking about availability of land, uh, growing future farmers and, and making it much more sustainable, affordable, and frankly livable for these, these farmers. What, what, what's a big idea for Baton Rouge? Well, I think it would be maybe approaching some of our developers and big landowners that have land that's not in use and saying, would you be willing to let a new young farmer, um, you know, sort of lease this land at, at almost a no-cost option that you have. You're going to see that vested interest where you're going to actually help grow the next generation of farmers. Um, whether it's through that or if it's that Breda had its own plot of land that we were able to maintain and and rotate farmers through this process where they could have a mentorship program with older farmers that could, you know, not only show them how to farm, but really all the other stuff that goes with it to have a successful business. And another part of this grant actually is not only the brand, but what it does is it lets us do a lot of um, trainings for our farmers, which mm -hmm. we've never been able to do. And so some of those trainings might be on um, marketing and branding their own business, how to sell at a farmer's market, how to do your bookkeeping, how to acquire land. It could be on, you know, bringing a social media expert in and showing how that can, you know, really kickstart your farming business and connect you with customers or innovative ways to sell. So um, I think there's a lot of things that we can do out there. There's a lot going on nationwide. Unfortunately, you know, Louisiana is, is sometimes not at the first of the list, but we can learn a lot from our friends in other states. And um, we're part of a nationwide coalition, the Farmers Market Coalition, which is actually a, a group that advocates for farmers markets nationwide. And so there's a lot of good opportunities for there to learn from. Uh, Breda serves as part of their flagship market community of practice um, group. And so that's directors from a handful of markets around the country that it 
been in existence for a long time. And we share a lot of ideas. We have a, a monthly Zoom and we have topics. And so it's a great resource to kind of get some of these ideas percolating. Now, you've got in the city, it, it feels like a lot of partnerships that, that could be made available to bring an idea like this to fruition. I'm thinking about, you know, Breck. I'm thinking about the school system, which owns more land than anybody in this place. Uh, I'm thinking about, you know, the chamber, certainly, and partnering with some of these small farmers. Have any of those partnerships been tried before? Have they uh, shown any fruits or, or why not? Well, we've been blessed that we have a lot of great partnerships and, and even where our markets are held, we have with the with the YMCA and, uh, of course, with the library, we have our market there. And so there have been a lot of successful partnerships with other organizations, not in this specific idea or space, I would say, though. So there's a lot of work to be done. Um, and, you know, good ideas take time. So. We'll be we'll be talking to some people soon, I think. Nice, nice. So um, during let's talk about the pandemic and the farmers market. I mean, I, I was really impressed at how you all um, sort of navigated that, you know, from afar. Talk to us about some of the challenges, lessons learned, and 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 maybe with what we're seeing today, especially with the expansion of the market in different uh, places and, and ways. What, what did you learn coming out of this? Well, we learned a lot, and I think first and foremost. For me personally, when I kind of sat back and thought about it, you know, sometimes it's difficult to communicate Bretta's mission, right? But for me, it became so abundantly simple and clear, and it was that people, A, want to connect, and they want access to fresh, high-quality food. And I thought, well, that's what we're already doing. This is <laughs> this is amazing. So, you know, we have uh, many loyal shoppers um, that are at the market just every Saturday morning right at 8 o'clock. But one of our shoppers, we have a video that we did about the pandemic and have quotes from people of not only what it meant to shoppers, but also the farmers. And um, one of our customers said he didn't care if he had to ride a, a, um, a horse and buggy. He was going to be there because we changed to, you know, a drive through during that time. And it was difficult um, to turn on a dime and, you know, have a whole new format and, you know, sometimes the line was way too long, but at the end of the day, um, I think the continuity of having the market was paramount to consumers. And then, of course, on the farmer side, I mean, what was really interesting is a lot of farmers that maybe had diversified their business and sold to restaurants, you know, all of that dried up overnight. Right. There was no restaurant business. So, you know, Again, you know, we had one of our farmers tell us, look, without Bretta, we would absolutely be out of business because we had nowhere to sell our product. And if if the market had not kept going, we'd be out of business. And that was uh, uh, one of our young farmers. So you really got to see the mission live out in real time, which sometimes it gets kind of muddied. And so it was just crystal clear to me of how important the work Bretta does on both ends of the spectrum, whether it's the farmer side or it's the consumer side. And then what I kind of say is the third prong of the mission that I'm really leaning into more personally is the the stewardship of community and it's how important just being together some sense of normalcy and so that people could actually you know see another face whether there was a mask on it or not you know see those eyes it was really important for people how has this played out after natural disasters i know you did a lot of work personally after hurricane Ida. yeah i mean it's it's a similar thing um that it's that sense of continuity so you know whatever's going on 
whether it's the pandemic or, or a natural disaster, people really depend on some sense of normalcy. And so, um, you know, we connected with our farmers and especially our fisher down in, in Terrebonne Parish immediately after Ida. And many of, many of them didn't have power for up to a month or over a month. So we went out and visited and we brought supplies and, you know, one of Bretta's shining stars, I would say, is the Louisiana Small Farm Survival Fund, and it's actually a fund we have at the foundation, and it was established before my time in 2005, um, right after Katrina and Rita, mm -hmm. and it was the first of its kind in the state. It was really, really innovative at the time, and um, and it's raised, you know, nearly $400,000 in direct aid for small farmers. So I think what, what's been unique about that and really special is that it's really quick. It, the funding gets out the door very quickly. And so, you know, if you're trying to deal with USDA, unfortunately, that can be a very, very, very long process. And a lot of times um, those programs are really designed for really large-scale commodity crop farmers right. like soybeans or cotton. So, um so first you have to find the program for the small farmer and then you have to wait. Well, again, in that time, farms could literally just be out of business. So um, we hear from our farmers all the time that the, those checks that are brought to them right after a disaster um, are just critical to their livelihood. Oh, absolutely. North Baton Rouge has been a place that uh, we've long talked about being a, a kind of food desert in many ways. What sort of programs and, and, and outreach have you made into other parts of the community to really get them connected, not only in the farmer's market, but but maybe, you know, specializing, creating these new farms? Well, we do have a farmer's market. One of our seasonal locations, as I mentioned before, is on Wednesdays at the Exxon Mobile YMCA, um, which is... Um, in Howe Place. Yeah. In Howe Place, right there. And so that's been a really great partnership for us because you know we're bringing the fresh food and the YMCA is bringing the health and physical fitness so nat natural partnership there um, and we have a lot of good friends there and 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 since then we've further worked with um, the mayor's healthy city initiative and healthy BR and their go get healthy program to bring even more community partners together and bring cooking demonstrations and wellness Wednesday programs there so um, we definitely um, have been in conversations over the last, from my whole time at Breda, I would say, on on what are some solutions we can bring to that area. And, um, you know, I know there's a huge push for a grocery store, and that's been difficult, but um, we're always trying to find ways that we can connect. We, we started our mobile farmer's market in North Baton Rouge, which basically transitioned into the one stop at ExxonMobil YMCA. But um, definitely... Um, definitely think the community needs a, a voice in that plan as well and what what they need and what they're looking for you've been chosen this year uh as the rising star uh awardee of of the baton rouge area foundation really recognizing um your leadership in a nonprofit. now i know you've been part of breda for uh over a decade but but really in these last two years uh being a sort of change agent executive director and leader what what does it mean to you uh to to receive this award well it's sort of surreal to hear you um you know, say those things. <laughs> you don't think of yourself often like that, but it's amazing. It's amazing because when I heard the people that nominated for me, that was the most special part that, that board members and people that I work with on a day-to-day -day basis, you know, think enough to nominate me for me was just really, really special and humbling. But 
you know, I think it's just, obviously I've worked here this long because I'm passionate about the mission. I'm passionate about local food and agriculture and um, just can't imagine not having these relationships with our farmers and vendors that are really so special and have connected me to food in a way that I never previously had and and then are connecting my kids mm-hmm. with these farmers you know they're getting them birthday gifts and and when I was pregnant little little John Deere overalls <laughs> for me so um so to find you know to then be in a position where I you know, was chosen as the executive director and get to lead those efforts is really, really special. And then, you know, I never thought that I would get to share the stage with, you know, the other honorees and, and also just having been connected to the foundation for a long time, Bretta started its offices there. So I have always gone to the annual meeting and, and been there and seen people. So it's truly surreal to, um, now be the one that's going to be going up there. Well, absolutely well-deserved. Uh, you you also have been recognized in, in your leadership. You've joined the LSU Ag Leadership Program. Talk to us about that and, and, and what's coming up for you all. Yeah, so um, I'm in Class 17 of the LSU Ag Leadership Program. Um, it's, it's a phenomenal program where it's a two-year program for 25 people across the state involved in various sectors of agriculture. Um, you have people that are cotton farmers. You have people like me. And actually, one of my fellow classmates is Galen Iverstein, which many people know of Iverstein Butcher Shop, who consequently sold his first bag of meat at Red Stick Farmer's Market. So there it's been go. really fun getting to be in the class with Galen. But... Um, we go all over the state, meet about six times a year for three nights, and we speak with um, experts in all areas of agriculture and then do tours. And um, then actually next month we're heading to Washington, D.C., where we'll meet with the Ag Committee on the Hill and each of our uh, representatives and senators and really be, be able to be a voice for Louisiana agriculture and me specifically for small farmers in our area. So it's a phenomenal program, not only for the leadership, but the connections that I've been able to make with um, fellow classmates and also just, um, you know, whether it's the commissioner of agriculture or the wildlife and fishery secretary, it's, it really puts you in the room with people that are making some important decisions about our state and the future of agriculture. What does the next five years hold for, for you and, and, and your leadership at Bretto? Where do you, where do you want to be? Well, where do I want to be? I want to um, continue to be able to build capacity within our organization. Um, when I started last year, it was me and one other employee. So <laughs> um, I think I want to be able to build that capacity where we have really able to fill out the roles that Breda needs to truly be successful in, in these endeavors we've talked about. I mean, we currently can't do those big ideas that we'd like to do. So being able to look at building additional staff and expertise in those areas and, um, and um, we have some exciting things that are coming down the pipe with uh, with our permanent Main Street Market um, facility. And so I think just really continuing to add additional vendors and make sure that we have a truly vibrant gathering place for our community. Because, like I said, I see how important it is especially in a state that is prone to disaster, to really have that place that everybody knows, oh, I can go there and I can get what I need and I can see my friends and my neighbors. And, you know, I say it not only feeds your body, but it feeds your soul too. Amen. Can you give us a sneak peek of uh, what's coming at Main Street? This is why we have people on the podcast. (laughs) 
I will be announcing it pretty soon. I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can. <laughs> <laughs> All right, stay tuned. is 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 the the important is the important point here. Uh, when you think about just growing, kind of future farmers and, and future agriculture policy in our state, um, what would be some big goals there that that folks should start paying attention to and thinking about as we as we move forward? Well, I think incentivizing people to a go into farming. Um, and B, to go into specialty crop farming. So, you know, we all think about um, the farm bills, always a big topic. But I, I think people, if we could really drill down to people and connect them with what's on their plate every day and how they can connect with that and support it in a way. You know, we have a farm to school program and I just got a text yesterday and it was really great. It was from the science teacher and it was a text from one of the students' parents and they said, my son would never eat anything and after y'all have come and do those, done those classes with them, she's like, apparently now we have to be mushroom farmers because y'all started <laughs> growing those mushroom blocks in their class and now he wants the mushroom block and he's eating shiitakes and she said it's truly transformed their diet. So I think if we can really try to look to the next generation, not only for our future farmers that are in, you know, LSU or Southern Ag, but if we're going all the way down to, to our little kids and teaching them where their food comes from and really connecting them with it. So there's not, you know, this, they, they really get it, you know, and they want to steward that. So to me, that's, that's where it's at. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to need some camps or weekend classes <laughs> for this because my kids will not eat any of the vegetables that I prepare for them. No matter well, how I do it, that's probably my fault. We but. can get them a shiitake mushroom growing growing block, and I, I think we'll we'll. Uh, all right, challenge accepted. <laughs> we'll turn them around. Right, there we go. There we go. Well, Darlene, uh, before we get you out of here, uh, how can people get connected with Breda? What what are ways people can get involved? Well, first off, I would say you know there's so many people in the city who've never been to Redstick Farmers Market. I hate to say that, but it's true. So. Come to the market. We have four locations. Go to Breda.org and just show up at a market. Two, bring a friend and tell them about it. We have our big farm fed event coming up in September, and so that's a great way to celebrate um, the work that Breda does, learn more, and have fun. And it'll actually be right here at the library on the fourth floor um, of the River Center Library. But, you know, couldn't leave the podcast without putting a plug for donations too. So. Absolutely, no, that's right, that's right. <laughs> As we know, uh, nonprofits rely on community support, and our community has been so good to Breda, and um, we appreciate the ongoing support from so many foundation donors that really Breda wouldn't be here today without. So, we appreciate all the support, and we love seeing everyone's face at the market. Well, you're a bright spot for our community, and certainly you've been a lifeline for our current farmers and, and future ones and really inspiring folks. So thanks for inspiring us, and, and uh, please keep up the great work and come back and visit. Thank you so much. So we want to thank Darlene again for joining us today. For more information about the work of Breda and how it's transforming farming opportunities in our state, please go to Breda.org. That's B-R-E-A-D-A.org to learn more. As always, thank you for listening in. I'm your host, Chris Meyer, and our mission is to elevate the stories, people, and ideas making Baton Rouge and Louisiana a better place. To learn more about the Baton Rouge Area Foundation, please visit our website at braf.org and become a member today.